content warning, implication of violence against minors, and the grinding gears of political intrigue. Have no fears, citizen. Me, Kitsuki Onzo, and the men of the glorious Seventh Legion have joined the restored Emerald Office of Hirasaka. The River of Gold is now secured, as the Emerald Magistrates have expanded their ranks, even including some Ronin. As things seem to have calmed, it is time to lay down plans for the future as we rule the docks into a vision of majesty fitting these lands and the will of the scion of heaven, the heroes welcome a representative of the imperial court. Thanks to everyone that has supported their efforts, especially Carl Pincus and Philip Iota. You finally get back into the routine of being Emerald Magistrates and you start going through the motions of doing small work pieces or starting bigger projects that you've been neglecting as you travel across the territories of the different clans, meeting their lords, as well as dealing with the renegade Lord Nagakita. So we got between the four heroes of Hirosaka, as we follow them through a montage of their activities. Yuzume has been spending this time mostly behind her desk writing a lot of letters. She has been sending them out to people that she's met since starting this assignment, such as Usagi Now. She's also written to the Hiramori to... Uh, further discuss the monastery tour that she's going to be taking with Daidoji Dai. She's been sending letters to inquire about a physician for Minoru. She's also sent some. She has also sent some letters home to her parents, just asking them to send some furniture, some chickens, etc. Important things. And she's also kept in touch with Ide Rise and Matsumidori. In particular, she's offered Matsumidori. She's offered to pay for some workers to uh, help with her house. The, the implication being, uh, you know, she said that she would do it, but also Dory did advise them on how to handle Nagokita, at least in terms of how Yuzume handled her interaction with Nagokita. She thinks that Midori's advice probably helped to save her life a little bit. So that's what she's been up to. Oh, and she's also been... Uh, trying to sort out an appointment with the Otomo Kazuko. She's been trying to sort out an appointment with Otomo Kazuko so that we can discuss her plans versus, you know, the moth, etc. She wants to know more about the AAZ. Yeah, and um, you actually, you get a pretty positive feedback from Kazuko. She is pretty open to confide on you that... Uh, the secret for this working is going to be the Minor clans, and that she is actually in talks to the leadership of the Fox, of the Falcon, and of the Uzagi, as discussing the potential interest into that, because they have much more interest in doing that, especially as it will preserve their influence over their allied great clans. 
in the regional theatre. What is uh, Yuzumi's reaction to this? I don't think it's terribly surprising. And I think she's glad that there is that sense that the minor clans would still have sway. Like, especially after everything that Sanai said when they went to go pick up Peshai, I think she's a little bit more keenly aware that if we do come in here and don't consider that this is still technically minor clan territory, and even if it wasn't, it's still historically minor clan territory, we do need to really consider what the minor clans want. So I think she's glad that that's something that an Imperial is considering, given that, you know, perhaps other Imperials in town are just very happy to sell this off to the highest bidder right away. Get to another of the heroes of Hirosaka. Aiko has been making a intentional use of his time to spend an hour or so, sometimes more, sometimes less, every other day at the community center, trying to get a grip and learn about the local cultures of Hirosaka, of the commoners around the Moth clan, of the traditions the Moth instilled in the peasants, picking up what values are important to the local commoners, and when appropriate, teaching them some minor refinements from his time overseeing the Sakai estate, making sure that they are educated on any basics of like watertight construction, if they're already lacking that, exchanging information on basic principles of economics, of merchants, trying to get the common centers set up as something he understands and is familiar with, and also providing small lessons in the community center when possible. Hajime has been, I think, participating in this as well, especially because while Aiko is definitely the more composed and I think objectively polite of the two of them, Hajime's kind of very big, friendly persona. I think he he tries to use that to kind of help the commoners feel more comfortable around Aiko and to kind of, you know, express like, hey, we're, you know, we're not a threat. We actually want to know about you and try to kind of bridge that gap and make it a little bit more like openly compassionate if possible. As you go around working, you realize that uh, your average member of the community center, they seem to be pretty open to learn new things and also that they seem to be very adept in uh, management as well as the basic principles of economy. And more intriguing and annoying, whenever you try to go through the efforts of learning uh, about one foreman in particular, they seem to be rotating a lot and you are not quite sure of exactly how they get anything done. Moreover, you hang around and uh, you keep seeing these spider lilies that keep appearing on places, either painted, uh, the actual flower or carved into beans. And you keep hearing uh, a lot of fishing work songs around the place even if uh, the fishing folk is not exactly a a group that makes much use of the community center so how is aiko taking to these idiocracies of the common people of irasaka every day ends with aiko leaving the community center specifically more stressed than when he entered the way the community decided to arrange its foreman is nothing short of aggravating. 
for him, but the intentionality of these actions is to observe and learn and present himself as a non-threat. And so regardless of how frustrating it has been, he's been channeling all of his stress, all of his attention into picking up as many details as possible and cataloging them in his mental space. Minoru, what routine do you fall back on? Um, Minoru falls back on a routine that involves, honestly, a lot of work with Seppun Ishima, trying to coordinate things, trying to better act as an organizing force between her men and the newly attached Imperial Legion to try and make the city better defended, more efficient. With Yuzume writing letters to acquire a physician, Minoru turns to making sure Unagi is training some future doshin, but even offers his services to Ishima so that her current forces could be a little more organized. The final thing Minoru does with the help of Yuzume, and the thing that Minoru is most scared to do, is he finally composes a fate, a possibly fatal, more fateful letter to Bayushi Shouju. Minoru knows that the Scorpion's stranglehold on the opium industry is vital to the clan's survival, and he wants to let Shouju know directly about all the opium that they've discovered in the moth before Shouju hears it from someone else. He entrusts Yuzume to disguise it as scorpions so often do under layer after layer of cipher. Other than that, he's really playing organizer. And I actually think you see something that's shocking. While Aiko is busy with the community, Minoru is trying to play, for lack of a better term, major domo and make sure that the magistrate's station will be able to host Shizue. As you work closer to the local magistrate, uh, the thing that always keeps coming back is how is it going the latest investigation that uh, Ishima passed to you? Have you been spending any focus on that? Minoru can squeeze it in. He's desperately reading it, assigning Aiko and Yuzume to organize the information and help present it to him. Minoru's doing what he does best to delegate it. Yeah, and you'll learn that there have been three murders among the laborers and villagers. And this was something that uh, was first investigated by uh, Ishime herself. But uh, the second and the third victims, they were respectively someone sworn to the crap clan. Uh, among the workers coming from Mimikake, and the other was a servant of the Imperials here to help with uh, the Emperor's blessing to the river of gold. And because of that, Ishime passed this responsibility to you. Minoru knows that until he can get the fires put out he has now, namely Shizue's visit, comboing on top of everything else he does not he doesn't have the manpower to investigate it as soon that's at the top of his list now and he makes it clear that he is putting what resources he has into it but there's so much other there's too many fires in Hirosaka, which seems to be a common problem yeah speaking of that do you send any emissary to any of the two firefighter gangs 
Honestly, because they also help investigate, they also help further an investigation. Minoru does want to meet with the Green Pebble group, the ones that were rehabilitated by the moth, supposedly. That's actually, uh, that's not the Green Pebble. The Ghost Deals, excuse me. He definitely does send an emissary that he wants to meet with them. He wants to talk to them. Uh, because even though Ishima seems very dismissive of them, the fact that the moth trusted them and claimed to have rehabilitated them could lead to greater revelations on the secrets of the moth. So how do you learn their trust? How do you earn their trust? He sends someone to speak with them very honestly at first, telling them that he's not interested in executing them for crimes the moth. Aiko comes into the office one day and Minoru's like, Aiko-san, I have a minor assignment for you. I know you're very busy. I think it would be very important if we could discuss with these ghost eels, not just their possible services as Doshin, but the fact that their deep connection to the Moth Clan could help our investigation into exactly what happened to them. After all, it's said by Ishima-san that they were entirely rehabilitated by the Moth Clan. She finds it doubtful. It would. I would like if you would go negotiate with them, convince them that we don't mean them any harm, and we would like to meet with them. Aiko is looking over some papers at his desk and looks up at Minoru and flutters his fan and says, Yes, yes, I'm sure I can see to them sometime next week. It shouldn't be too hard to put them into my schedule. I'm curious, Aiko-san, what takes priority over your duties to your magistrate that is so important this week? Of course, my lord magistrate. It seems to have slipped your mind that Doji Shizue, the imperial storyteller, is arriving, and I have been assigned and entrusted her hospitality. Now, Aiko steps around the table. If you feel that my talents are better spent speaking with firemen than hosting a member of the imperial court, please do say so. Aiko-san, I was under the impression that the Imperials often rewarded diligent and that it was looked favorably upon in the highest of courts to go above and beyond even the simplest duties for the, le- for the less glorious ones if they were vital. But perhaps you are correct. I will make sure that you are here to speak to Shizue. I'm sure that I can send Yuzume and Hajime. Aiko gives a polite bow. Whatever my lord magistrate finds most appropriate for his station. Minoru will find Yuzume and Hajime and gather them in his office. Just Yuzume-san, Hajime-san, the ghost eels, the fireman gang Ishima-san mentioned. I do believe that they'll be very important to our investigation in addition to being extra sets of hands as Doshin. I would be very pleased, and it would bring me no small amount of joy, if you two would go and negotiate with them, convince them we mean them no harm, and that we do merely wish to talk and possibly see about hiring them on as such. Of course, Bayushi-sama, if you believe that I am the right person for this task, then I would be happy to do so. She's very confused as to why she's being asked to win someone over. But maybe that's what Hajime is there for, and she's just there to protect him. So I said she's she's there to do the talking. He's there to just be to be pleasant, just to be pleasant to be around. I believe they will enjoy the appeal of if they are as spiritual as the rest of the moths. P- 
people, they will enjoy the appeal of a Shugenja, and if things get interesting, you will always have Hajime there. I would go myself, but I must receive a very important guest soon. Of course. Please do send her our regards. Word comes to you that uh, Doji Shizue and her delegation, they are on the way here, and they will arrive in a few hours. So you still have the time to get something done before that? What is it that you do? Aiko doesn't do anything for the next few hours aside from prepare the station, the yards around the small shrine, everything to make sure it is as as well prepared as can be done in the current circumstances. He becomes like my mom before guest comes over. Minoru spends all but the last 10 minutes making sure he looks impeccable. He wants to look the part of the city ma- the city emerald magistrate to the nines. He's well-dressed, well-put-together. He's wearing his cloth mask, not his snarling oni face. And then, ten minutes before Shizue arrives, he's going to just calmly walk up to Aiko. Aiko-san. Aiko turns around. At some point in his bustling, he's reapplied his makeup and is wearing the best of his poor, non-nice garments that he has available, because everything Aiko has is poor quality. Aiko-san, something slipped my mind, and I meant to tell you earlier today, but with all of this rush, I do have an important duty you must tend to before Shizue arrives. Aiko gives no response. Aiko-san, if you could please take Peshai across town and return him to the crab delegation there so they can take him back. Of course, I'm sure you will handle this fine and be more than happy to attend finishing this ever-important case of the Emerald Magistrates, especially as it pertains to your kinsmen. This is required now. It was. It would have been required at any point, but we've all been so busy. Do you truly want Peshai here when Shizue is here? I mean, Shizue-sama is a refined woman of, woman of the court, and Peshai is, well, Peshai. Aiko's nostrils flare for a moment before his hand slides to his fan, and he regains his composure. Minoru-san, you will have to spend more time praying to Fukuro-chigen for your clarity of mind. I will, of course, do what is necessary for the Empire. Enjoy what time is allotted to you. Aiko-san, I am truly sorry that our scheduling led to this. If only we had someone well-organized to manage people. Oh, well... I will be more than happy to have a servant lead you in when you return, Aiko-san. This is no way is actually happening in private, so there's an audience to this. There's probably all the people of the 7th Legion, the Second Guards, every, everyone is standing information to receive a cheeseware. So I guess that is something that you want to appeal to emotionally to the audience with this fire approach. But again, what is the emotional response that Kaiko wants from the audience? Uh, with fire, I think the reaction Aiko wants from the audience is that he wants to paint this as the most petty, ridiculous thing Minoru could pull, and that Aiko isn't gonna fight him over it. 
you basically respond on the same tone, trying to say that, uh, trying to imply that Aiko is reaching beyond this station, but nobody really seems to be uh, buying it. So you have to kind of give up that line of pursuing. Yeah, and that's the, the end of camp. Everyone is looking at Minoru as he's left alone, leading this as if he's pretty petty. And uh, Mia Sora stands next to you and then covers his fan. Honestly, Emerald Magistrate, I think there is space enough for both of your stars to rise. There's no need to cause discord among the constellation. Minoru will snap out his own fan, just... Miyasama, I absolutely do understand. It's simply an internal issue manifesting, and I apologize for that. I shouldn't let one's behaviors influence mine. I think it's too about having an underling that has ambitions beyond her station. And he looks through her fan to Kazuku. Sometimes you have to just take a decision. Decisively, your mistake, I think, is that uh, you left the decision ultimately to your mere advisor. That is what makes a leader. Miyasami, perhaps you are right. I should take a more direct tact in leading this unique bunch. Yuzume, Hajime, you are allowed to track a particular group of firefighters. So where do you start your inquiries? So were these the firemen that were guarding the opium or did we have actual town guards on that in the end? I think it was town guards. Those were the ones that served the mods. Okay, so it was them. So in theory they could they would still be in town looking for work, perhaps? Definitely not. No, okay. If they were in town, Ijime uh, would have arrested them. Oh. <laughs> they were basically kicked out of town. Would it be fair to say that as far as just like the culture and the people of Hirosaka, Hajime is probably the most sort of in tune with that? Is that accurate as a statement? Well, maybe uh, maybe a bit competition of Aiko. At this point, I would say that's probably true, but but I've kind of had at least some level of a finger on that pulse for, for a minute, right? Yeah. I mean, would there be a way that I might have been, have been able to like hear, like, you know, what they're up to in passing or that I might be able to inquire with people and not have it seem like, Hey, we're trying to do law and order on them versus like, Hey, we could use their help. So how are you mingling? I was just thinking like, you know, I could like be sitting down at, at some sort of like a street stall or, you know, something that I could use to kind of like, this is a place where people gather. Yeah. And uh, that's where you have been interacting more with uh, uh, the lower cast. So it makes sense that you go between places where the people need food and trying to talk with people there. So you go around eating on different places and you know enough to know that nobody has seen them basically since April. And you go to different places and finally you end up in in the Lark song. Uh, less popular in that is famous for their book with noodles. And while the two of you are talking there, you know, you learn that uh, they either return to their banditry as as Ishume predicted, 
or they are trying to get some jobs. And because of the dominance of the guards rat on the Western Bank, you figure that uh, if they are looking for job among the merchants, or maybe as mercenaries for the Scorpion up north, they're going to be somewhere on the East Bank. So you get to figure that maybe following those trails, Yuzume can be more successful. Yeah, Yuzume is going to follow some uh, different lines of inquiry. She's not completely opposed to talking about commerce and perhaps, you know, knows a couple of the right questions to ask. So discreetly asking Ev about the roads and you learn that there is a place, a very tiny village north of the town, way past the, the neighboring territories, which actually has a small dockyard and a bridge. So it tends to be a place where a few merchants actually venture. And you figure that if one was not going very far away, that could be a nice place to hang. And you find out that the locals, they are used to work with, uh, let's say, people of less legal status. So they will be probably turn a blind eye to pirates and bandits around. And you figure that the village of all wolf over water is probably the best place to look for them. Perfect. How much of a, how long will it take us to get there? One hour. Oh, nice. Okay, then. Asahina-san, are you up for taking a short horse ride? He flashes a big smile and says, Scott, anything to stretch my legs in a day like today, shall we? Let's be off. So, Aiko, you approach to the dockyards, and the only ship that you see of the crab is the Merry Hermit, Hida Kunihide's ship. And the Iron Turtle dominates the, dominates the crumbled infrastructure with the only the tall warehouses of the Great Clans standing intact around what seems to be a small shrine. Is this the guy that Iko got a read off of one of the ships that said he was like brash and headstrong, or was that a different crab admiral? Uh, that is Varun. This is the guy that you stole the biggest moment. As Iko has been walking along with Peshai, as Iko's walking along with Peshai, he has been mostly silent. I don't think he's initiated a lot of conversation with Peshai and has been like very focused, running through calculations, trying to retrace his steps backwards and all of his interactions with Minoru to figure out what led to Minoru sniping him in this way, trying to see branching paths leading forward, planning out potential ways to re-enter the scene. And unless Peshai has said something, the trip has been made in absolute silence. So what was then about the race tattoo? What cultural implications would Iko know will happen if the crabs see his tattoo? Because I don't think Minoru brought it up at all. I mean, how does Iko think that uh, his family would react if he appeared back home with a Miromoto mon tattooed on his chest? Not great, but I'm not entirely convinced that Iko thinks this would look bad on the crane. I think Aiko is of the mindset that this just makes Peshai look stupid, not the Daidoji. Is that an incorrect interpretation? Yes. 
for Aiko, of course, uh, if the family members will think the same way, well, that depends up to them and their personality. You know someone in town, Zaihu, a Ronin that uh, learned the art of tattooing in both the Mantis lands and on Dragon Clan? He has a lot of uh, impressive ink himself, and he is pretty uh, joyful and talking to you and giving ideas. And you, he tries pretty much everything that you suggest. And his plan is actually to subdue the tattoo by basically dismantling the semiotics of the Dijojimon by adding extra tattoo art and you he basically goes with your ideas and while his art is impressive and Beshai has a intricately decorated tattooed arm that hurts like hell it is pretty obvious that it is still the Daidoji Mon. Zaihu hopes that you know that it will be kinda guised in the rest of the ink but if anyone looks at his wrist, it becomes apparent. Well, not much that can be done about this besides chopping the hand off. So, might as well take him to the crab, I guess. So, how do you approach the uh, the merry hermit? Is there like a gangplank leading up into the ship? Yeah, and there are plenty of crab soldiers on board as well as sailors. Ico will walk to the foot of the gangplank onto land and then give a little bow and call out permission to come aboard the cheerful Hidekunihide emerge and uh, his smile loses a little fluster as he recognizes you oh if it is not Tojisama what brings you to my humble ship I am on pressing business from my magistrate Ayushi Minoru-san, he promised a member of your clan that we would find and retrieve a missing promising student in Mirakake, a Hiruma. This fellow, Aiko will gesture to Peshai. My lord Minoru-san is quite occupied this evening and has assigned it to me to see that this child is returned to his clan. Well, it should get going. It's a long way from here to Orleans. I believe that young Peshai is on some sort of self-imposed pilgrimage, something to find himself or his identity. Perhaps he could spend some time with you on, his sh on your ship and learn a thing or two about operating outside of crab borders. No, about that, if he's a kid, he's not very useful to me and probably his family wants him. Are we kind of like yelling at each other across the gangplank? Yeah, he's still not inviting you. And he has no problems about being all uncouth and screaming at you. Aiko thinks for a moment and then says, I am afraid during the young boy's time wandering through the swamps, he took it upon himself to attempt a tattoo on his arm. I have done my best with my connections to make it a more beautiful piece than his untrained hand was able to accomplish, but I do ask that you and your kinsmen do not fault him for the wild decisions of youth. And if I have to... What? Boy, come aboard, I have to see that. Aiko <laughs> gives like a little head nod to tell him to cross the plank. Yeah, and... Peshai reveals it, and, and Kunihide whistles at the rest of the art. Well, I have to say, that's some pretty impressive ink. And 
Well, that was some really bold thing for you to do, kid. Going into Daidoji lands and challenging them as an equal. Ah, that takes some some courage. And Pichai seems, hmm, I am actually happy with this, but I don't want to show it in front of Aiko. So he's kind of reading the phrase and uh, going back and forth. What do you do, Aiko? What was the name of the Hiramori heir, Lana? Yeah. After hearing Vahita's comments, Aiko gives a cheery smile and says, Indeed, young Peshai was seen as an equal match to the Hiramori heir, Daidoji Lana. She and he spent some time skirmishing in the swamps and achieved a mutual respect. You can see that he recognizes the name. I see. And you can see that uh, he actually knows more about Lana, but uh, he's trying to, he's kind of hesitating to reveal that in front of you because she, he does not seem to know what to tell you and how much to confide about Lana. Do not trouble yourself, Hida-san. I can tell that you have something that came to mind, and I would not wish for you to feel the need to keep your words from me. Is that reverse psychology, or, or is Aiko is not really interested? It's a, it's a polite way for Aiko to say, you seem to want to say something, but I don't really care if you do or don't. So you choose what you want to do, and I won't be affected either way. I think as Hida is sitting there trying to decide if he's going to say something, and Aiko gives him a non-answer about wanting to talk, Aiko, like... For a moment, for the briefest moment, Aiko was enjoying talking with this Hida about handing off Peshai and setting it up to be a positive light for the crane. And then in that moment, Rahida pauses and is thinking about what he should say. Aiko's mind as a steel trap clamps back down on the interaction with Minoru before he left. And suddenly his mind is reobsessing over all the possible angles to consider all the factors that are leading into Minoru's actions and what can lead from here. And even though he gets across his message and delivery to the Hida, his mind is again racing with possibilities and calculations relating to Minoru. He seems to nod along and invites you on board formally. Well, I'm trying to sort my own thoughts. Hiramori Lana is a complex woman that warrants complex feelings. Nevertheless, she's one that won mundane respect. I know a lot of cunning and bold sailors, and I have no qualms in saying that probably she might count among the five boldest samurai that I know. Honestly, I'm surprised that it still has not caught up with her. We'll think that uh, her tendencies on the wall and on the field will probably not mesh well once she had to deal with the leadership of the crane. I am glad you said something to me, Hida-san. I know that the political complexities that my clan carries in high virtue can be troubling for some, but hearing your words of her virtues is indeed comforting to me. You know that uh, Kanihide actually comes from a long line of sailors, and you know that uh, his father actually forced it into a vow of hostility to the Mantis clan in pursuit of a, per of a vendetta, and he actually refused to follow up into that and eventually was punished by with that because of that. And that is really 
the the kind of interaction with Valls that stands out from the recent uh, history of his family. With Peshai dropped off, and Aiko will give a bow and say, I do not wish to take up too much more of your time, Hida-san. I believe that my magistrate requested I return with as much speed as possible. Well, you're going to have to wait then, because I have need for you. I have quite a lot to have for lunch, and it is dreadful I have no company. You cannot deny me that. Hida-san, who could deny company as charming as you? Well, then come, join me in my cabin. I think you will love. I have the best fish of Earthquake Bay. I go, will go in. We see the long delegation of the Crane Clan entering the city through the West Bank, crossing the renewed, renewed bridge as they observe the half-destroyed river docks. And on the other side, they see the crumbled remains of what once was the capital of the Mott, then the current installations of the governors. And just as when they are beginning to lose hope, they see the extensive new emerald complex side by side to the courthouse and the local magistrate station. The delegation stands in front of the courthouse, flanked by their own escort of Kakita soldiers, and they mingle with the Sephun and legionaries of the Seventh. And one by one, they enter into the courthouse that has been cleared to a reception, and it was decorated to the prim with complex floral arrangements of most of the flowers of the season and wall scrolls in a neat, tidy handwriting. Welcome to Crane and sing to the honor of the House of Ante and the Imperial Court. And next to you, Minoru, is Minnesota in his best clothes, even if they are a tad out of fashion, but for your eyes, they are this Lombrand cloak and layered kimono that will not look out of place of your imagination of the Imperial Court of Otosanushi. And you can see the cleverly decorations of the Kazuko that make her look like a folded fan herself and like some kind of peacock awaiting to unfold her presence, being humble in a moment that is not her to deal. And as the delegation part ways, minor attendants presenting themselves, you witness in silence as a tap announces the arrival of Dossi Chishue. And she's wearing travel clothes, but still they are pronounced by a long haori decorated with a raised wing on one side, while a folded one over the next, which helps her adjust her long cane as she keeps it balanced against her arm as she makes her way towards the dais. And she gives a simple nod. I am Doji Shitsue. I came here on behalf of my family and of the Imperial Court to appraise how Irosaka has been recovered. And Sora gives way for her to come across the ramp to join you on the dais. And they introduce each other. Oh, it's very good to see you again, Miyasara. 
I was worried that we'll not get to see you around the courtly environments once again. And you, Otomo-san, it was surprising that this is the place where you choose to reappear. I'm sure that you must have realized that something that we have missed back in the capital. And then she turns to you, Minoru. I am so honored to meet you, Doji-sama. I am Beyushi Minoru. I am the Emerald Magistrate to the city of Hirosaka, and our great honor to be hosting you while you visit the city. Hirosaka-san, my father must have held you in high regard. You might have been the last person to which him wrote. I wonder what story could you tell about him? Doji's Satsume-sama. I served under one of his magistrates for many years. I think he ran a wonderfully efficient emerald office and a very fair and just one. I am humbled and honored that he chose me for this position and am grateful to be able to do this job to meet his famous daughter today. She's very nods. My words, they are unusual, careless, and me and my siblings are on our way to the funeral. My father has been in my thoughts of late. There is nothing to forgive, Doji-sama. That is more than a fair reason to have such a imposing figure in your thoughts. I'm tired from the road. I won't enjoy taking a moment to compose myself before we can proceed with a more formal meeting. She nods towards me, sir. Of course, uh... Bayushi Sama has taken the responsibility of saying to your needs. As you can imagine, we don't have the means to support someone of your august disposition. I'm sure that will change, Mia Sama. And she bows to him and turns back to you, Minoru. Doji Sama, I would happily show you to where you will be staying and happily point out all of the other important facilities at your disposal. Before you leave with Shizua, with her entourage and bodyguards and a small patrol, falling three meters behind you as you traverse the stone garden that separates the courtyard from the two complexes. And as you enter, she seems quite to be impressed, quite impressed with the place. I see that you saw no expenses spared to provide a place fitting for the Emerald Office in which you serve Bayushi Sama. I do believe that it is a fine example of such locations across the Empire, but I cannot take credit for its design. That was, in fact, the domain of one of my favorite Yuriki, um, your kinsman, Doji Aiko? Sakai Aiko? Not my kinsman, of course. His family has a dedicated that is sworn to my person. But I do find it relaxing, and as strange as that is, considering this is the place where we do most of our work, I think it is important to have a harmonious workplace to make harmonious work easier, Doji-sama. That sir explained this, and she points to one of the garment arrangements. This type of edge, this type of shade, this is definitely the kind of secluded place that my sister would approve. I can see... A taste developer to cater to her eyes. Aiko-san made sure that everything was in its place today. It's, he does fine work. It's one of the reasons he's so appreciated amongst Mayuriki. I see that they are not around. You run a tight ship, Yushi-sama. 
I do. There was another duty he must attend to. And I wish my other two Yuriki as well, Asahina Hajime and Soshi Azume could be here. But unfortunately, they had another duty across town to attend to. I've hoped that I could be as excellent of a host as you could hope for. Delighted to know that you are able to run your operation as your duty demands. The last thing I wanted is to my sudden arrival to cause any problems to someone whose resources are so stretched thin. Doji-sama, I would almost say that the watchword of myself and my Yoriki is flexibility. It was no issue at all to have this organized. I was told that at my request... That owl would be shown around Irosaka. Can you perhaps take me to my place of residence where me and my entourage can dust off from the road so that I can join you later in a more proper manner? Of course, Doji-sama, of course. Um, and Minoru will lead, because I'm sure we've discussed this at length, her right to where they are to be lodged. So whose house is this? I mean, not to speak for the group, but Iko's makes the most sense. Lead her right to it, and just, this is, in fact, Iko's lodgings while here. He was more than happy to give them up for you. Of course, should you require anything, and Iko be busy with his with the myriad of duties I keep him busy with, my home is right there, and I will make myself available to you, Doji-sama. That uh, the members of the delegation step inward along with their small army of servants and they scrutinize Aiko's house and Shizue, without waiting for anything, moves into Aiko's garden. Aiko, what is the most impressive feature of your garden? Aiko has kept a carefully cultivated, I can't think of the name, but like the displays of rocks that are like balanced together amidst a... The shrine is designed with the rock display with the water to create an impression of serenity, and it surrounds a small figurine to Kamino Doji that Aiko goes to to recenter and pray as one of his main personal acts of worship. Chizue sits next to the shrine as the flowing water stays in the background. And she waits to see if Minoru joins. Well, it would be rude not to. So Minoru will carefully, making sure that if Shizue at all gives even a hit that she doesn't want Minoru to sit there, he'll make an excuse and leave, but he'll very carefully join her sitting there. Ayuri-san, there are members of the ML office that have reported some, uh, well... Outrageous literature that has been circulating, some of it almost blasphemous. Has anything like that tormented your little town? Sorry, Doji-sama. I'm unsure of exactly what you speak of. I read a lot of literature myself, but what would you be referring to? That's the problem. I am not quite familiar myself. And as someone in my position in the imperial court, when it came turn to advise the scion of heaven on this matter, I was the one called. You can imagine my embarrassment when I was not able to provide an answer. I am not very familiar with popular art, 
And these texts, rumor is, is that they are produced by someone from the lower classes. Will that help you figure out what your compatriots with Mong, the Emerald Office, might be speaking about? Minoru will look at Shizue and just Dojisama. I've honestly not seen any examples or heard of it myself, but I will certainly make it an issue to look into. I haven't heard or seen any blasphemous texts in Hirosaka, but I haven't exactly been embarking on a check for them. Now that I know to, I will certainly look for them. Find any of that seditious content? Could you provide at least one of the copies to me before you destroy it? After all, I'm again. I must advise the Saiyan of Heaven on the contents. Of course, Doji-sama. I would be more than pleased and more than happy to provide you a copy should I come across one. I hope you are able to recognize what I might be talking about on the right moment. Now. Were you able to find what happened to the guests of the Mod Clan during the Great Hail? Unfortunately, we've been slowly but surely digging into it. My Yoriki have been spending time amongst the peasantry. I have been looking into it when evidence presents itself. But as far as we can tell now, Dojisama, it does not look like any guests of the Moth Clan at the time of the lightning strikes survived. He seems to be pretty distressed, and in a way that you don't expect. She seems to be examining you, again, as if wondering how much she can confide in you. What do you do? My lady, I, if you wish to discuss anything, I'm. this is the freest place to do so. Aiko always, Aiko-san always says that his garden has a way of clearing the mind and helping make things apparent. So if you have anything you wish to say, Doji-sama... She nods along, and I was told by, by Yushi Shosu-sama that I could seek your help on this matter, that you have proven yourself loyal to the Imperial House, to the Emerald Office, and to your clan, that if there was a matter that needed a tree, I would not need to doubt you. Is that a fair assessment? As much as one can speak of themselves, I do genuinely think of myself as someone who can be trusted, my lady, and someone who fits that description. You don't frequent imperial courts, so perhaps you never heard about her. What do you know about Ante Amira? Minoru's just going to very honestly just... Sorry, Doji-sama, the name is not striking a chord with me. Ante Amira... Is the half sister of the current current prince, and she was one of the guests of the Mot. Minoru's eyes are as wide as they've ever been. He just, my lady, I had no idea about that. She was under the care of one of the Mot samurai. The details are something that I'm not familiar with. This was a decision made well before my time at the Imperial Court that she was put under the care of um, of one of the mod priests, someone that had children around her age, so that she could actually mingle and properly develop. Her name was Kaikoka Ren. You know what? Shizue con- confided in Minoru, so... Adoji-sama, I do believe I have a strange happening to report on that front. My 
Shugenja um, Soshi Izume. We found an artifact of the moth, and she performed some sort of a ritual on it and spoke to Kaikoga Ren's ghost. It seems that her duty is still holding sway over her in this mortal realm. I'm glad to know that she took this responsibility serious, even in that. Despite what some might say in the Imperial Court, it seems the Mot never forget their obligations, even now. And truly, and Doji-sama, as you have confided in me, I must confide in you now. This is, of course, related to an ongoing case, so you must keep this as secret as possible. We are still looking into it. Kaikogo Ren told us from beyond the grave, look for her missing daughter, who the ghosts seemed to know was still alive. I, I am unsure of what it means. She gave my Shugenja a cat made out of a charcoal heart as a clue. I think I know what that means. Uh, the arrangement with the the sapon that were embedded into the mud. Uh, part of the protection for Amira. Uh, they were under orders if something happened that Amira will take the identity of the Ren's daughter of the same age and escape north to Kyudan Mia. That was the plan. And in fact, we expected for a while for her to reappear there, but she did not. If what you're saying, it seems that the exchange occurred and Ren lost track of her own daughter after that, protecting the prince, but then she must be hiding somewhere else. My lady, Doji-sama, is... Do you know why this has not been officially submitted to me as part of an investigation with the Emerald Office? The question should be obvious, right? I was afraid you would say that. Especially, well, it goes without saying, and she is... Well, if her condition was safe, especially after the words of my father, people will be interested into looking at her to see the kind of woman that she can be. Doji-sama, I'm going to make resolution of this among the top priorities of my office now. However, can I repay you for enlightening me in such a way? To know what happened, I heard the... The report. I heard why you are called Hero of Hirosaka. I really want to know what happened exactly that night. I went a true story. It's something very rare. You will think that will be more common for a storyteller. It's very rare indeed. Will you give me that? Doji-sama, I would be delighted to. Now, I'm sure I'm going to have my Yojimbo here at any moment. One last thing, Bayushi Shoujo wanted me to tell you that if you have any clues about her, that you are to evaluate Amira and give an honest statement on who she is as a person and report to him immediately. I don't know what he can mean for that, but I don't cast my doubts at such a close friend to the anti-family. I'm sure you'll have better understanding of these words. My clan champion's will will be done. Doji-sama, I thank you so much again for this enlightenment and for carrying that message for me. It To me, I should say. It is very kind.
The Emerald Lands, Their Wonders and Horrors were played by Ludo. They can be found at Delethiel on Twitter and Ichio, as well as at Heroes of the Republic. Bayushi Minoru was played by Brad. He can be found on Discord at BZAJ1648 and at Twitter at BZAJDABarbarian. Sakai no Doji Eiko was played by Evan. He can be found on Facebook as Evan Strite, Discord as Pushimushi1871, and on fellow L5R actual play, Secondhand Strife. Soshi Yuzume was played by Charlie. She can be found on Discord as Rieselian and on Twitter at BowserJ, where you can find links to her L5R blog. Asahina Hajime was played by Sam. He can be found on Discord and Reddit as Live From My Basement and on Instagram at SJSedlacek. This is a Court Games podcast. You can find out more about them at Court Games Pod on Twitter or at their site, courtgamespod.com. Legend of the Five Rings is the intellectual property of Fantasy Flight Games. Radio, where gamers roll.